glad for the Lord today. I'm glad the presence of the Lord was in the Sunday school class this morning. I mean, though, everywhere we go, you have the presence of the Lord, the wonderful blessings of God in our lives. I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to Acts 13, if you would, please. Acts 13. We're going to read verse 2 and 4. Appreciate you being here. Look for you good. something good going to happen to you today. How many come and get up every morning expecting something good to happen in your life? As you sow, so shall you reap. The Bible reminds us not to be ignorant because what you sow, you're going to reap. So you want to sow some good expectations. Amen? All right. Some good things. Acts, I'll give you a chance to get there if you look in Acts 13. Verse 2 and 4. The Word of God is the most powerful thing on this world. There's nothing as powerful as the Word of God. There's nothing to change your life more than the Word of God. It's everlasting. It never fades. It never grows old. Is the Word of God. It's wonderful. It's life-changing. And they ministered to the Lord. Fasting, and the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work for I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they hands on these, and they went away. So they were sent forth by the Holy Ghost. We're going to title this this morning, Set Apart for the Holy Ghost. When we become Christians and have the Spirit of God in our lives, we're set apart from the world for the Holy Ghost. That's who we're set apart for, for the Holy Ghost, and these things of God. The greatest lessons in these verses is the Holy Ghost is the director of the activities in this world in your life. You can accept it or you can reject it. If you accept it, your life will be completely changed and you'll never be the same again. It's a lasting effect. I can witness to that. It changes your life. Amen. I enjoyed the Sunday school class very much this morning. And as it is in heaven, so shall it be in earth. I want you to think about what's going on in heaven. It should be the same thing going on in here. The same identical thing, what the Holy Ghost will do. He'll make a new creature out of you. He'll make the old things pass away. I don't know why people are so eager to sit around and talk about the past. <laughs> I have no past. My past is gone. There's a new life and a new thing because of the Holy Ghost and what he does in your life. Now, as they here, they gather together, and the Holy Ghost always speaks clearly. He never muffles. He never leads astray. It's always very clear what he wants done. If he didn't speak it clear, then we could not understand it. 
So he speaks very clearly. And he speaks in many different ways. He's got so many. His ways are past finding out. But he reveals his ways to his people. He spoke to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. said, he that have ears to hear, let him do what? Got to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying. He speaks wonderful good things. Now, Romans 8, 16 says, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I don't know about you, but you ought to say amen. If you're a child of God, there ought to be a shout in your soul. If you're a child of God, there's fire in your feet. If you're a child of God, there's fire in your hands. Because the Spirit bears witness with your spirit. Because you're one. Two becomes one. The good things of God. It bears witness with what? Your spirit. The Holy Ghost bears witness with our spirit. The Holy Ghost clearly speaks. The Spirit spoke while they was ministering or fasting and praying. I want to encourage you, if you want the Holy Ghost to talk to you, Start fasting and start praying and calling on God. He will speak to your life. He'll speak very clearly what he wants of you. You're his vessel, and he wants to use you. He's got a wonderful plan for the church and for your life while you're here on this earth. The Holy Spirit calls. As they ministered and praying and fasting, they was in communion with God. And the Holy Ghost spoke. He didn't come down to speak, Brother James. That's one of the mistakes we make a lot. Of, oh, Holy Ghost, come speak to me. He's inside you. <laughs> he wants to release. He wants to bear witness with your spirit and tell you what he wants to be done. And then you, you'll notice here, here, they got up and went and done it. When they heard the Spirit speaking to them, and clearly what they had to do, they got up and went. Bear witness with our spirit means that the Holy Ghost is constantly speaking. How many know the wind's blowing outside? How many know it blows? Sometimes it's more than others, but scientists say it's always blowing. Always. There's so many mysteries about God. All the rivers runs into the sea, and the sea is never full. Not a mystery. You take all the major rivers in the world that's running in that one river. I mean, one in the one sea, but it's never full. That's an example of what the Holy Ghost is in our lives. I wish I'd have learned years ago. Sister Sue told me one time, I said, I wish I'd have learned years ago what I know now about certain situations. But I wish I'd have known back then what I know now about the Holy Ghost and how wonderful it is. And it says in the Greek that the Holy Spirit is constantly speaking. But we, to hear a voice that's constantly speaking, we got to be what? You got to have your ear on, good buddy. You got to have your heart open. You got to be expecting him to speak. And when you expect him to speak, 
he will speak. Old men that filled with the Spirit of God should do what? Old people should do what? They sit around and talk about what they can't do, what they used to do and they can't do. You ought to rejoice at what you can do. And one thing you can do, you can have dreams that will benefit the church. And all you young people should be asking the Holy Ghost to give you the spirit of prophecy because he wants to use us mightily in the body of Christ. So the Greek there bears witness. It means he is always speaking, constantly speaking to bear witness with our spirit. He's alive, and he's alive forevermore. It's a wonderful thing. I may believe God's got something wonderful for you. Well, I'm just too old. You may be too old to climb the ladder and get up on this roof, but you're not too old to hear from God. You're not too old for God to use you and bless you and be a blessing to others. Revelation 1 and 10, John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Sunday is not the Lord's day. Every day is the Lord's day. Sunday is not the Sabbath. Every day in the New Testament is the Sabbath. He said, I was in the Spirit, said Sharon, on the Lord's day. Every day we can choose to be in the Spirit or not be in the Spirit. But John had been bored in all, Sister Richardson, and they couldn't kill him. So they put him on the Isle of Patmos for him to die. He's going to die right there. But he said, in that crisis, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And then he said, I heard a great, mighty voice, and I turned to see what it was. And I fell as a dead man. The Lord does not always speak with a great, mighty voice. We're going to go through a little bit of that this morning. Sometimes it's soft and tender. And sometimes he doesn't speak at all. He uses his angels to speak. So we got to be listening. And we got to say, as Samuel did, speak. I'm what? I'm listening. Samuel was laying close to the ark, which represented the presence of God. He wanted to hear what God was saying. He missed God the first two times because he yet did not know God and know how to listen to God until Samuel instructed him. Some people can instruct you how to do things because God can send them in your life and instruct things in your life that you need to hear from God. God does always speak, but maybe not in a great audible voice, but he's speaking. He's speaking. He said, I heard this voice, and I looked to see what it was. How I many you know that when you're in bed sometime at night, that God can speak to you? I want to encourage you, don't just brush it off and turn over. <laughs> I want to encourage you to get up and see what he's got to say and tell him. He said, your servant's listening. His spirit bears witness with our spirit. Well, I got to get my sleep. Well, go on, get your sleep, and you'll miss the vital information from God. 
He's speaking. How many believe he's speaking to you every day? Every breath you take, he's speaking. Everything that he does, he involves you if you're the Christian. He does not do anything without man. He's got to have us. And we got to have him. Oh, you got to have him. Some people said, oh, I need him. The song be ought to be, oh, I want you. Everybody knows they need him. But do you want him? Do you really want him? Apostle Paul received up in the third heaven and seen things he was forbidden to write. He said, oh, I want this. This is after that. He said, oh, I want to know him. Do you really want to know him? He's available. He's right there next to you right now. This air right here is charged with the presence of God. It's charged, overflowing with the presence of God and the good things of God. 1 Kings 19, 12. Elijah may be one of the greatest prophets that ever lived. He never did see death. That, that gives him some kind of credential, doesn't it? Everybody else died, but he didn't. He was taken back to, to heaven. But he got discouraged. He went into the wilderness. And he went into this cave. How many glad that God never leaves you? We don't care where you go and how far you run. How discouraged and disappointed you ever get, God never leaves you. Where you go, he goes. Because his spirit's bearing witness with your spirit. He knows we're just frame and dust. Don't judge people because you're dust too. <laughs> you're just a small frame too. When we judge people, that shows what kind of people we are. The Lord revealed that to me a long time ago. <laughs> you ain't no better than they are by you doing that. You know you have to repent. I mean, they have to repent once in a while. you got to repent, amen, that you even thought the wrong thing. But his spirit bears witness with our spirit. How many know that God knows everything? Not anything he don't know. He said, Elijah, what are you doing here? <laughs> I mean, know that God knew what he, would, what he was there, brother. He knew why he was there, but he said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah thought his career was over with. How many times people think it's over with? I want you, I'm going to just jump, hallelujah. Peter, in the 12th chapter of Acts, was asleep among quadrant soldiers. James' head had just been cut off, and they're going to get him next. But he's laying there asleep. How could he lay there asleep? Here's why he could lay there asleep. He had confidence in the Word of God. He had confidence in what the Word had spoken to him in John 20. He said, Jesus said, John, I mean Peter, while you're young, you girded yourself and went about as you please. But as you're old, somebody else is going to girt you about. He was talking about the kind of death he's going to live die, and that's the reason Peter went to sleep, Sister Linda, because he knew he wasn't old. <laughs> I'm not old. <laughs> They're not going to cut my head off. I'm not old. I got the, how many can shout right now? I've got the promises of God that his spirit dwells with my spirit, and he makes a witness to my spirit. Peter knew he wasn't going to die, wasn't no need to worry, because he had the promise of God he's not old yet to die. 
Oh, we got to learn to agree with what God says. Agree with what God said. Elijah, and the Bible said he spoke in a how kind of voice? John heard a great voice. Elijah heard a small, still voice. How I many you know that God is always speaking? And sometimes it's a small, still voice, but he's speaking. He's speaking. Some people talk about, especially me, and my family members that learn they don't call the house at a certain time to talk to me unless it's really urgent. Because I done gone to bed. I asked Starla, she mentioned something last night about me going to bed. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do, I'll call you about midnight when I get up. She said, no, don't you call me. It's not how, how early you go to bed, it's how you sleep when you go to bed. It's the deep sleep. Peggy's learning, too, to go to bed early, but she's, I think she's a little frustrated because she's getting up at 4 and 5. She said that makes the day so much longer. But I want you to know there's a God that never sleeps. I don't matter what time you sleep, when you go to bed, how deep sleep you in, God is always there with you. He's with you wherever you go. Elijah thought it was over with, but God wasn't through with Elijah. How many believe it? God is not through with you. Well, I'm this and I'm that. Well, you may be. But God can change this and that and maybe. I'm convinced there's nothing God can't do. I'm convinced there's nothing that God will not do if we will believe Him and trust Him. I'm convinced. Elijah, get up. I want to encourage you this morning to get up. Get up. No matter how old you are. It may be one or two in here older than, I'm about not to say that, because people get my age don't like for their age to be told. But I want to encourage you, I don't care what the conditions are, as I was up here praying this morning, the Lord convinced me, I don't care how far in sin they get, I don't care what they're involved in, my grace is greater than anything they can do. Seemed like I thought, well, there's some people rebellious. He said, they may be rebellious, but my grace is greater than a rebellious spirit. I can pull them out of that because my spirit will bear witness with the spirit and break their spirit into my spirit. Come on, church. It's God's spirit that changes things in our lives. It's God's spirit that's going to take to change this world. As they fasted and prayed, the Holy Ghost spoke. They asked Jesus, how come we couldn't cast that demonic spirit out of that boy? He said, because this kind only comes by what? There's some things that's not going to come about until you learn to pray persistently and diligently and hold on to God. The Holy Ghost witnessed. He witnessed. Why would the Holy Ghost witness them and not witness now? He's the same yesterday, what? Today and what? Well, Brother Billy, we're more wicked. 
get out of here. He hadn't same. I don't care how bad of a person he is, God can change them. I believe there are some people in this congregation used to be pretty bad. But I want you to know God can change it, and God can keep you. Huh? He can keep you. He's a keeper. Wonderful things of God. He said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you always. <laughs> Even your most discouraging point, I'm with you. <laughs> You're discouraged, but I'm with you. My spirit bearing witness with your spirit that you the child of God. The wonderful things of God. Elijah got out of that cave and done a great work before he was taken away. How many believe that God has a great work for you before you're ever taken away? Acts 12 and 7 tells you about that, Peter. These men were sent by the Holy Spirit. It's important that the Spirit does the sending. Some people has got up and went when the Spirit had nothing to do with it. I've seen it happen in my lifetime. People get the Holy Ghost, felt like the church supported them, felt like go to another place and do certain things. When a little while, they come back broken, destroyed, and distorted because the Spirit didn't send them. Even if he had sent them, I like what Brother Ken says, and I believe this to all my heart. Now, I don't believe nowhere in the Bible. Um, it teaches that you're going to have a glorious, dynamic life without problem. If you know how to do that, please come and tell me. I want to know. I might just leave this pulpit and come back and let you tell me right now. But I know in all things you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthened you. It is his spirit that's inside of us that attacked the spirit that is attacking us. Sometimes we're laboring when we ought not to be laboring. We ought to be believing. We ought to be speaking because the spirit will do the work. Satan has no power against the Christian. Brother Yoakum used to tell us, he has no authority, no power over you. You just give up and give in to him. That's all it is. That's why you got so much problem. You're just giving up and giving in to him. If he could cast out Satan and one-third of the angels out of heaven, go and they go, how much believe it he can do some great things today? So Elijah had wonderful work left for in his life. 1 Corinthians 2 and 4 said it's the demonstration of the Spirit and power spirit and power these were sent to plant the seed which is the word of god that was all they were sent to do to just plant a seed how I many you know that one seed planted you might could speak just one word to a person and that word has so much power and authority that person can be changed that quick because it's the spirit and it's the power that's in the seed that does the work. These were sent. First Corinthians 3 and 6 said, 
God quickened it by his Holy Spirit. It is God that gives the increase. It's God that gives increase. True wealth of the church is not natural wealth. It's being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Now, we're not talking about going to a foreign field. I'm not going. I tell you, <laughs> I'm sorry, but he's going to have to do a lot of working on me, you know. I believe it's my place to work. I believe there's others that's got a place to work. And I believe there's the greatest field right here as great as anywhere in the world. People here needs God as much as other people. We're going to be coming to you again about something, about people in some of the other countries, once we get a little more information. All they're crying for is their Bibles. They want Bibles. We'll find a way to get them Bibles. We'll share more of that with you at time. As they fasted and ministered, this kind goeth out by fasting and praying. Isaiah 58 and 6 says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loosen the bounds of the wicked, undo the heavy burdens, to let the press go free, and the anointing will destroy or break every yoke? What is the anointing? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God. He will do the work. What did Solomon ask for? Wisdom. Why do he want wisdom? To lead the people. And God granted it to him. When we ask the things that pleases God and what comes first, then God will answer our prayers and he will give you things you didn't even ask for. He'll multiply. He'll increase. Proverbs 11.30 said, He that winneth souls is what? Wise. Starting today, I want to encourage us to be soul winners. Not just teachers. Not looking for a new experience. But looking to be soul winners. How many know there's nothing to affect you more? How many know that why Brother Peel sitting over there? Anybody know why he's sitting over there? Sharon, do you know why he's sitting over there? Huh? Do you know? William convinced him to come to church. Oh, hallelujah. You say, what can I do? You'd be amazed what you can do when you release the Spirit of God in your life. Yes. Amen. Yes. Just Yes. 
Oh, goodness. Daniel 12 and 3 said, They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmaments. And they that have turned many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. We ought to make it our goal this morning. Hallelujah. Hattie Baker, Heidi Baker lives in one of the most one of the poorest countries in this world, Mozambique. You ought to buy one of her books and read what's happening there. Her goal is to reach one million people before she dies. Sent by the Holy Ghost. I'm not just running, I'm not planning on going to Mozambique. I believe there's a harvest right here. I'm not going to go running off over yonder somewhere when I believe there's anointing right here to win souls. They were sent by the Holy Spirit. Separate yourself unto me. How many believe that God has called you in this spiritual walk for a reason? He had a reason for calling you. Praise God. I heard a message one time. Brother J.T. Pugh preached. Stars you ain't never seen before. Said when he went, you, did you hear that message? Oh, said when Jesus went back to heaven, the angels asked him, said, what did you do with the kingdom? Said, I left it to Peter. You what? I left it to Peter. Glory to God. I want you to know if God can change Peter, he can change you. If God changed me, Brother Clayton, he changed you, didn't he? And look where he is today. God can use you. When they heard that word, separate me for the work that I've called you. The Bible said they got up immediately after they was prayed for and went because it's the power of the Holy Ghost that does the work. You ought to read something about Tudor Bismarck, a very poor country. They do good to get one meal a day, and they really have to pray to get that. But what God is doing there, it's awesome what God. We'll be sharing more about some of these things. And some of these countries, all they're asking for is a Bible, is a Bible. That's all they want is a Bible. As they fasted and prayed, God began to speak. The Holy Ghost spoke. Separate me. Romans 8, 16 again. The Spirit beareth witness with our what? Spirit. That we are the children of God. That he wants to bless us beyond measure. Acts 6 and 3. He said, Philip was full of the Spirit, and he's full of wisdom. He was full. He was called to serve tables. Everybody in the church that had a position in the church needs to be full of the Spirit and full of the wisdom of God and full of power. That was one of the qualifications to serve tables, to serve tables. Glory to God. But Philip didn't always serve tables. He became an evangelist. And he had four daughters that prophesied. 
All you families ought to be praying for your children. They ought to grow up to prophesy. Hmm? Then he goes down in Acts 8. Have a wonderful result. So wonderful results. He got wonderful results. Now listen to this. Verse 26. And an angel of the Lord. Angels are ministering spirits sent by God to speak to us. Sometimes they can transform themselves in a human being. The devil can transform himself and make you think it is of God and an angel of light. But here it says, and the angel, ministering spirits, spoke to Philip. We need to be so in tune with God that his spirit can speak to us. We need to be so in tune with God that the angel spirits can speak to us. They spoke to Philip. said, rise up and go down to Gehazi, a desert. I want you to go down there. He gets up and goes. Because the spirit of the angel told him to go. He got there. He just standing around. You know, the Bible says, occupy until I come. That don't mean just do nothing. But he was just standing around. Why was he standing around? Because the spirit hadn't yet told him which chariot to join himself to. I cannot overemphasize the importance of hearing the spirit of God to tell us what to do. Because he's the only one can do the work. And all of a sudden, the Spirit tells him, go join to that chariot right there that's coming by. He had to run to catch up with that thing. The Bible said he had to run to catch up with it. But when he heard the Spirit, he got on there and explained to him about Christ. And the wonderful blessings of God. I'm looking for the day that the Lord picks some of us up and carries us off somewhere. I'm not talking about the resurrection. If he did it for Philip, why wouldn't he do it for us? And I'll read some examples for he's doing it for other people in other countries. Why not here? Pick you up, carry you 30 miles away, and set you down to witness to somebody else. He's an awesome God. If he can bring a dead body out of the grave and give you a new body, a transformer like in his body and your spirit be in it, He's awesome. He's awesome. And he's working mightily. He's working mightily. God is interested in everything in your life. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every hair on your beard. And every one of them got a name. See how awesome he is? Oh, He's interested in everything in your life. How many believe God's interested in your finances? Huh? Disciples didn't have no money to pay the taxes to Caesar. Jesus said, tough luck. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. What did he tell them to do? Go fishing. And what, what did he tell them to do? First fish comes up, do what? Can you imagine how silly that sounds to go fishing and catch a fish and open his mouth and look inside and get enough money out of there to pay your taxes? 
it had to be more fish there that had the same amount. He's just trying to teach us how awesome he is. And when the Spirit sends us, we're going to get results. We're going to get results. Amen. Peggy's mother was Onita Young. <clears throat> Curtis Hancock and her youngest brother, Curtis, were contractors. They were building contractors for many years. One of the contractors they built for, he was so impressed with their work, he bought each one of them a special handsaw and had their names engraved in it. You know how kids are? Anybody know how kids are? At this day, I don't think they knew how they found Ennis's handsaw. He had it put up somewhere, and they lost that thing. They looked everywhere and couldn't find that thing. Miss Young said, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God where that saw is. She got out and prayed, and God told her exactly get up and where to go and said, there you'll find the saw. You say, but God is interested in everything in your life. I don't care if it's spiritual, natural, or whatever it is, he's got you on his mind. Your spirit is bearing witness with his spirit. He's concerned about everything in your life. Everything in your life. He's concerned about it. If you lose something, pray. So many promises of God is unclaimed. Unclaimed. They say there's over a billion dollars each year not claimed on gift cards. Before you send this little card, there's over a billion dollars a year that's never claimed. Now, the prodigal son, in Luke 15, said, Father, give me the portion of the good that falls me so the father divided them, them, plural, his living. Now, he divided what he had with the younger son and the older son. But the younger son went out and wasted it. But the older son stayed at home, but he was never happy. He was never happy. Though he had a fatted calf, sat at master's table, he had music, he was never happy. I want to encourage you to start crying for your portion that what God has promised you. But don't be like the prodigal son. Don't waste it. Use it for the glory and the honor of God and watch God bless your life. When you use what God has given you, if it's no more than a cup of cold water, I tell you, when you've been working in the field, I grew up working in the field from sun up to sundown, plowing mules, picking cotton. No song Roy Clark used to sing said, I ain't never picked no cotton. Not here in Louisiana, but I'm in Folsom Prison, but I ain't never picked no cotton. Cotton. Brother Melvin told me one time the happiest day of his life when Mr. Edgar Draper came to his daddy and said, Mr. Neal, would you like to sell your cotton acreage to the place out west? He said, yes, I would. He said, that was the happiest day of my life to get rid of that cotton. 
You ain't never picked no cotton, you ought to say amen. But I want you to know that God has a plan for your life, a wonderful, dynamic plan to bless your life regardless of what you've been through with and what you may go through with. He has a plan that's going to work out for your life and the abundant things of God in your life. I want you to start practicing crying for your portion, the promise that God has given you, the promise that he's given you, but don't abuse it like the prodigal son. Use it for God's effect. He wants to give these wonderful things to us. February the 1st, 1738, existed two men, George Whitfield and John Wesley, lived in England. John Wesley went to America to the colonists, the seven colonists, to preach. Come back home, discouraged, broken, left a bad taste in Georgia, and a number of determined enemies. He was ready to give up and quit. But that same day that his ship landed in England, there was a young man named George Whitfield got on the ship and went to Georgia to the seven colonies. He felt the Spirit of the Lord speaking to him to go down there, and he went. The beginning of the first great Awakening in America, this young man. Come back to England and done something that church members, elders, tried to persuade him not to do when he told them, I'm turning my ministry over to John Wesley. And they pleaded with him, don't do that. But I want you to know they pleaded with John Wesley, some of his friends, to go hear George Whitfield. He wouldn't do it when he got back to England. But one day he decided to go, and he was changed. John Wesley was changed that day. I want you to know don't give up on God. God don't give up on you. I don't care how discouraged, how you failed, how you come so short of things. God said, I will never forsake you, and I'll never leave you. You know, if any of you know much about church history, what John Wesley accomplished. But George Whitfield said, no more will I preach. I'm moving to the background. I'm going to be behind. My m mission from now on is to support all of God's people. The more he stayed out of sight, the more his popularity grew. And the stronger he became, you know, when we're little in God's own eyes, he can use us. Opposition grew strongly against George Whitfield. He paid no attention to it because he felt and knew that the Spirit of God had called him, Brother Taylor, to step back and to be in the background and support all. And both of them was greatly blessed by God. John Wesley learned with the Spirit of God how important it was. What George Whitfield learned, the Spirit of God. Separate these men to the calling 
that I've called you. It may be right here. You never know what it's going to be, what God has for your life. Junk was telling one of her friends when they moved them here in Queen City. They lived, they just moved here and they didn't know Miss Yunt. She was telling them that Peggy was going with Billy Dupree. Oh, my Lord, surely not. <laughs> they began to tell them my history. But I want you to know God can change your history. God can change your past. God can make new creatures out of you when you hear the voice of God and move as God asks you to move. God bless you for being here today. I want you to start crying for your portion. Don't give him no rest. Isaiah said don't give him no rest. Jeremiah said command his hand. He'll show you great and mighty things which you know not. We're on the verge of seeing some of the greatest move of God before the Lord comes that we've ever seen in the church history. The latter day reign is on the move. God bless you.